All right, welcome to the Michigan BMX <laughs> Podcast Show live from the Kebco BMX Studios in the busy metropolis of Heartland, Michigan. Thank you for joining us. This is Friday Night Live. I am your host, Justin Tompkins, longtime BMXer and lover of all things BMX, along with my co-host, this beautiful, dashing young lady sitting to my left, your right, and one hot BMX mama, that is Melissa Williams. She also is the producer, the co-host tonight, and handling all of our social media. Our other co-host, Chris, he is off alligator wrestling because naked bullfighting wasn't enough for him. So now he's in the nude wrestling alligators. Chris, stay safe this evening. Oh, goodness. COVID's the last thing that guy's worried about. He'll fight that right now and punch it in the mouth. And we also have our uh, sound engineer remoted in from the Heavy Pedals uh, BMX podcast show studio in Bertucky. Paul, how you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing awesome as always, man. It's good, good to hear. Good to hear that it's still. Well, it's just good to hear that Bertucky's still over there. That's right. It's very. Oh good. man, yeah, yeah, we we we're getting ready to go war with the neighbors, but you know, hey. we gotta oh. wait for this corona bug to get by so nobody gets sick while we're killing each other. <laughs> oh well, we appreciate you joining us this evening and keeping uh, track of all things on the mixer board while we do our show here in the studio. And also, uh, Jason's hanging out, taking, uh, watching over us over at the uh, Waterford uh, Podcast Studio, brought to you by RSVP Wedding and Event Design, making sure that uh, things look good. Thanks again, Jason, for hanging out with us. We got an action-packed show tonight with our Friday Night Live show. So if you guys are new to the show, Friday Night Live is a little different format than what we do on Wednesday, where we hang out here on Friday night. We bring our guests in. We talk some things a little more above and beyond the state of Michigan. We do talk about the state of Michigan BMX also. And our guests this evening, we have none other than Mr. Chris Luna joining us this evening. Chris, say hi. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. And uh, we also have Cody Wilson joining us, both from USA BMX. Cody, how are you tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me as well. It's uh first time listening unfortunately as well <laughs> so um it should be fun for me <laughs> well we appreciate you guys joining us tonight uh thanks for taking time out of your schedule to hang out with us this evening yeah no problem all right so uh what we do on the, the shows here on friday night we take a lot of the questions right out of the crowd so as people are coming in in our chat Melissa's over here. She's grabbing uh, people's questions, and mm -hmm. she'll bring the questions in for uh, Cody and Chris this evening. So we'll have questions from the crowd, and we also have some questions for you that we have uh, set aside for you guys already. And again, uh, we'll start with Cody. Cody, what's your role at USA BMX? So I manage um, our entire track department, which... Uh, consist of eight to ten people doing a di few different various things. Most of them are in the track support role, helping all of our sanctioned tracks around the country, everything from their insurance requests all the way to their local racing scheduling, uh, special events, and, and all support in between. So anyone that's ever been in any form of a position of a track has probably touched someone that works in the track department. Um, and then I myself also kind of watch over the West 
tracks, so the mm -hmm. West region, but ultimately falls under me to, to manage the entire department. Cool. All right. And uh, our friend Chris, uh, what is it? What's your role? And uh, we're going to come back to Cody after you. But what's your role at USA BMX? And how did you get into USA BMX? And how long have you been there? So my role here is the national coordinator. So basically, I, uh, I work in all three nationals from the from the startup of when the tracks get a national or the buildings working with the buildings on the on the scheduling of different things that are going to go on and um, seeing running the numbers and stuff afterward they're actually pushing those on to other ones I actually don't run those but actually looking at those numbers and and getting them where they need to go and so on so that's basically all things national at a national weekend i would actually be in the trailer uh, doing registration scoring anything needs to be done in there as well all right and uh, how long have you been at uh, usa bmx how did you get started where did you start in the in the company you know let's uh what's that story well, it's kind of crazy. So uh, the the first time I was here was back in 1997. Oh, wow. In 1997, I got a great idea to leave college and move out here and work in the membership department, which is kind of ironic. I'm sitting in the conference room at the office now, and this used to be the membership department. Um, back in the day, it was myself and Brad Hallen that actually worked in this uh, in here in the membership department. And then in 99, I went back to college, and which was in Texas, by the way. I came here from Texas. And I did that, and then I came back again in the 2000, mid-2000s, okay. somewhere in there. Uh, from there, I was in the track department. <laughs> I did that as a track director, and then I graduated, I guess you could say, or got kind of moved into the role of, uh, of the national crew and then moved on to the national coordinator. Um, I started racing BMX in 1986. And what's wow. your favorite bike? Uh, you know, growing up, I really enjoyed Redline's Cruiser growing up mm -hmm. is what I liked. And I rode a, I rode many different bikes, but I rode a, a GT 20 inch mm -hmm. for a lot of the time. But Redline Cruiser was always my favorite back in the day. Very nice. And uh, Cody, how did uh, you end up at USA BMX? Uh, you know, do you race? How long you been racing? And uh, what's your, what's your story there at USA BMX? Yeah, so I um, was trying to figure that out myself. 2013 <laughs> is when I actually came here to work in the office. Um, from 2011 to 2000, it evolved to me being in the office in 2013. And, and prior to 2011, which is the only reason why they know of me, is uh, I worked at the MBL uh, previous to that and been a racer my whole life. Really, I started in 1984. I was three years old in 84 and um, raced my entire life, never really stopped, had a couple slower years, but still raced, and then got pretty heavy into it. Obviously, um, the last few years, as we're busy on the national circuit and everywhere else, I, I try to race like one national a year. I don't know, last year's race was in Curacao, so I don't know that that actually counts as a US. That was your race, one race? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did go race there. Wow. Um, a few different up. things <laughs> and you know that it, it's kind of fun but uh a lot of local practicing mm -hmm. lately um maybe a national or two this year but i'll try to at least race something every year very nice and well, you're uh 
I want to go on record and say the, the race in Curacao was there for that, and he won that race too. His one race. Uh, yeah, that's why I only do one a year to just make sure I focus on that one race. Yeah, and yeah. still Smart. don't have a losing streak. <laughs> and you, you, uh, you, you have a perfect record that way, also. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what's your uh, What's your favorite bike uh, that you've had? Man, um, kind of well currently on a rift but previous you know if you think of my long term of 30 years of racing i probably have to go with a red line there was a mm. good portion of my life from the you know early 90s the the red line 440s and the pro lines and you just go up through that age and like red line still sticks out to me as like one of the bikes i've just always had mm -hmm. um obviously up until the last five or ten years where things aren't as important but yeah i mean i guess that answer would be red line red line Nice, nice. And uh, where where are you out of, uh, Cody? Are you out in Arizona? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sitting okay. here at the office as well, but I'm in my office. Chris chose to go up to the conference room, so we, <laughs> we can part ways later. Um, but <laughs> originally grew up in California, uh -huh. in Southern California. So my whole racing, you know, the, the large portion of my racing life was, was in California and mm -hmm. obviously traveling the nationals of, around the country. Yeah. And you said you uh, you worked for the other uh, for NBL, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was a you know being a West Coast person and and got kind of integrated into some tracks there, helping out mm -hmm. and you know a little bit of the state series stuff. I was you know, doing some things, and NBL at the time Bob Tedesco was you know in his last couple of years, and he was always talking about having a West Coast representative to try mm -hmm. to you know, bring more tracks to the West. Obviously, MBL wasn't very deep-rooted in the West, and that was always his thing was we, we need a younger person to be out there and kind of towed our line, and, and that was me for a little while. And then through the phase of, you know, he retired, and we, well, that's a long road, but we went <laughs> down, you know, Ken, Ken Masters and, the, and then a few different people after that, and, and ultimately uh, the end. Yeah, and now you're there at USA BMX. So those that are new to the sport or new to the show, uh, NBL is another racing sanction that was uh, uh, acquired by uh, USA BMX under their previous name. So just for those that are joining that don't know the story, that's where it is. Mm -hmm. um, we have a couple very questions. Nice. We have some questions yeah. already coming in for you guys. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're off and running already. So we'll let Melissa ask. Uh, questions here. All right, Chris. Corey Walser's wondering what your favorite facility to travel to would be. Well, I have two favorites, and I know I shouldn't have favorites, but I've got a couple of favorites, and it goes back to when I was a kid racing and traveling the national circuit, you know, and doing all that. You know, my uh, my favorite track to go to has always been Rockford. Um, mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed it. You know, as a kid, I used to love going there. It was like a, you know, it's just exciting to go there and see all the new buildings go up each year. And the things they do there and uh jake and candy have always been like you know a second set of parents to me and am i so that's 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 my top of the list and right there with it is uh i love going to cobb county again as a kid i used to love traveling there for the nationals but we go to so many great places you know um like i said rockford and then cobb county with margie hatfield i love going to those two but i mean there's just a lot of good places we go um but yeah, those are my favorite two, and it has nothing really to do with work. It's more just as a kid and just growing up and looking forward to those nationals each year, traveling from Texas to race those events. And it's just kind of stuck with me. Have you been to either one of those? 
I've I've been to <coughs> Rockford, Illinois. That's okay. that's a really really nice place. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that. Real nice. Uh, Cody, what about you? Uh, what's your uh, favorite facility to head out to and hang out at? Yeah, I'll just uh, it's Louisville, Kentucky. Ah, <laughs> um, there's his NBL. You know, roots. Obviously, being, being an NBL kid growing up and, and working for the NBL, you know the the Grands. That was where the Grands was, so it's kind of a special spot for me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then to take it one step further, it's really one of the first times I worked with all the ABA USA BMX staff as mm-hmm. we ran the last Grands. It was dubbed the Grand Finale, and you know it kind of just segues right into what we currently do and i still feel at home every every year when we go there these guys can tell you that you know a lot of times i go driving around that city without a map because i just know every back road there and that i don't it's weird never never really lived in louisville but i kind of call it my second home because i've been there so many times for bmx races (laughs) crazy he gets so frustrated when we go there for an event you know because me i'm so used to driving everywhere on my phone you know i mean but when you're in louisville cody you can't use the gps because he doesn't need it so he can take us anywhere it, it is. You would think he lived there. He he knows it so well. Ah. Huh. Did we have any other questions? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, we got plenty? All right. <laughs> <laughs> got distracted there for a second. Um, yeah, uh, Jay Kearns is wondering if either one of the guys can give us an update on the progress of the new USA BMX facility being built in Tulsa. Yeah. Um you know, obviously with everything going on, there's a bit of a construction, you know, kind of debacle, so to say. Things are a little bit slowed up, but it, it was still in the uh, bidding phase for a lot of the work. So the bidding things are still happening. Um, they're moving forward. And I think it's actually next week if, if anyone's, you know, looking to, you know, <laughs> is in the construction line of work and in the Tulsa area, they'll probably see a bid go out that is for some pieces of the construction because the city has to bid all that out at prevailing wage and do all their their things that they do so that's kind of the stage it's in for us a lot of pre-planning of different things of like what the hall of fame will look like there and you know the the track has some you know early sketches of of what the track and you know more so obviously a track's not the most complicated part it's the you know, timing wiring that goes underground or some other things that we're trying to do to make this a world-class facility. So we're, we're kind of in that phase. There's, it, it's still slated to be open in 2021, but I think we're cautioned in saying, you know, where that actually stands because no one knows what construction looks like in the next six mm, months yeah, as we true. go through yeah. the coronavirus crisis. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that, that's about all I know of it. Maybe Chris knows a little more or something different, but from from our side, that's that's what I know in the track department and, and sitting alongside BA and some of these um, conversations about Tulsa. Yeah, I, I can't even add anything to that. You nailed it on everything there, Cody. I mean, I'm in the same know as you are on that, so that was all great. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right, next topic. Um, Daniel Bennett is wondering if there's any plans or talk about using transponders for the Nationals so that we would know who has the bra- the weekend bragging rights. We're going to go to Cody, too. You could talk a little bit about that. <laughs> Not necessarily for racing, but for actual tracks that may be coming down the pipeline. Yeah, you know, I think we're we're a bit further away in terms of transponders for nationals as a whole, from entry-level novice riders all the way up to experts. But um, some of you may have seen him walking around the Grands um, 
Kai and Sai Sakaki Bar's dad, Martin Ward, which owns Score's timing system. Mm-hmm. He was there um, more or less to kind of see every aspect of how we run the Grands, uh, from our race management system to registration, everything that we do, because you know they've got a real hope to try to bring their product more into the U.S. Uh, like they have in Australia and some other places where local tracks are using them on practice nights to keep riders more engaged um, in terms of you know lap counts mm-hmm. and this and that. And, and obviously, if the population grows to a point where there's enough timing systems out on bikes, you know, we might look at exploring putting something down at the national level so that at least you know what your lap times are. But you know, those all kind of sit in Martin's business plate as scores and more or less, you know, he's looking at you know, the U.S. market. Um, our, our role in that, we're not sure where that sits, but we're, we're definitely looking at some pieces with our race manager software where at least if a track has the score system, they have an easy way to integrate it into ours. But, you know, I think for the the question of nationals, you know, we, we could go right back to Chris on this as far as how we currently score a national in, in our, you know, business model, how we do it. I don't, I don't know that we're there to fit in exactly with transponders yet. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent on that. You know, what Cody was saying, I think it's going to be a cool tool once we get, gets it rolled out for the local level stuff and to be able to go out and, and use it for a training tool at this time. Like I said, I, I'm with Cody. He and Martin have talked a lot more than, than than I've been involved in, but I don't think we're anywhere there as far as scoring nationals off of that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like Martin, you know, he's in about a two week window communication with us, so we're still communicating with him a lot. Um, you know, just in general about you know what these look like in the future, but we got to remember that the U.S. market's a little bit different than they do it in Australia and other places where they've rolled it out. Because what, what he's doing there, like you can't register for a race, even as a novice, unless you have a transponder on your bike. So it's another barrier to entry that I don't know that we're ready for yet in the U.S. markets at the U.S. Mm-hmm. tracks. Have you had, um, as a, I'm going to put my T.O. hat on uh, for a second here for Waterford Oaks. <clears throat> have, um, have you had T.O.s reach out to you about that? Because I'm, I, I look at that as a T.O. that, well, you know, with some transponders, uh, that's maybe a few less people I got to try to re- recruit. Uh, and, you know, like you were saying, how to in- would integrate with race manager. So I have some friends that race RC cars, and I, I, I watched that and wondered when it was going to make its uh, entrance into our sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing the, you know, there's obviously an additional purchase to have that and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I, I look at that as a, as a TO, like, hey, that's a that's not a bad thing because it's a couple less volunteers that I could move somewhere else. Possibly, have you ever have you had TOs reach out to you uh, with that on it? Yeah, um, Goodyear BMX here in Arizona, about forty five minutes from our office, it currently has the system. Um, that was, I think, that was strategic on Martin's part so that we could see it because we're close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, and Rum River has purchased it as well to um, and they're actually they have it fully working it's kind of a, a fun uh, thing to go check out at their track if, if you haven't been or, or even just check it out online their Facebook has some stuff about it but they're actually letting they're loaning transponders on a nightly basis for a rental fee 
and you can visualize and see all your lap times on their scoreboards around oh, the, wow. the place. And if anyone had been to Rum River in years past, they had some timing strips. And mm -hmm. if you got in lanes one, three, five, and seven, you would be, you know, you'd have a lap or not a lap time, but I think it's like a hundred foot time or something show up on the board above you, but you'd have to know what lane you were in. And once the next person went by, it was already gone again. So they switched to the score system and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be talking with those tracks more about how it's actually implemented. <coughs> what were their total fees? You know, what are the downfalls to it? Uh, obviously, I mean, from a race perspective, if you can score it, yes, you, you start getting where you don't have as many volunteers um, and that becomes a little bit different dynamic. But, you know, to do that, you also have to have everybody on them, which mm -hmm. means your brand new novice kid is coming up to the window and you're right. telling them how much a transponder costs and how much a membership costs. <laughs> so that that's just, you know, we're, everyone's trying to think through that in their head and figure out what the best scenario is. Is there a is there a number on, on a car? I don't want to put you on the spot. And if you don't know, we don't know. In the corporate world, we like to say, well, parking lot, the question. Um, <clears throat> is there a, is there a approximate number on what those a transponder runs? No, oh, I, I don't know. I have no idea it, either. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot. <laughs> a big, and, I, and I should know, I guess, but, you know, so much so that, that that's Martin's business and that's our oh, okay. business. And we haven't we haven't really got into like what, you know, there's some packages you can buy. You can obviously just have a starting line and a finish line strip mm -hmm. or you can mark out your turns and have three different timers in the turn Holy so you know moly. your entry and your exit times yeah, so it, it, it is scalable to what you want to do but i don't know what the it, okay. it is using my lap timers so those are actually i mean you could probably price it out and look most of it up on my laps website and then it's just the difference of the score sure. software which is kind of a per user base i think don't quote me on it but it's sqorz is the company name if anyone wants to go poke it around and see what their systems are all about. Well, when I can't go to sleep later tonight, I'll make sure I check <laughs> it out. Uh, we're going to take our first commercial break, and we're going to go visit our friends over at Magic Motorsports here uh, over in Waterford. They're one of the big sponsors of the show, so we'll be right back. Those of you in the chat right now, <clears throat> make sure that you've liked and shared the show for us and help us out get this word out there. We're going to come right back after this commercial from Magic Motorsports. Hey, Metro Detroit, it's time to experience the coolest store you've never been to. Magic Motorsports in Waterford. Discover over 40,000 square feet of savings. From motorcycle parts, accessories, and service, to hoodies, coats, jackets, and sunglasses from Oakley and Spy, and so much more. Looking for that perfect gift? You'll find it here. Get big discounts on everything every day. We also carry the area's largest selection of BMX bikes and accessories. And we change motorcycle tires while you wait. Magic Motorsports on Dixie Highway, just west of Telegraph in Waterford. All right, and we are back. It happens. Paul, did you have any questions for our guests this evening? Ah, uh, man, you know, no, I'm good. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just listening, taking it in. He's just chilling. He's just chilling. That's what Paul does. This is Paul's makes, Friday night. He makes everything sound top notch. And those that are in the chat know for our two guests, uh, well, Chris jumped on with us before, but Cody, that guy right there, uh, he makes this thing sounded literally like, is Chris on? Is he in the chat? Beer it. Is Chris Beer is? Yeah. Oh, he made, it used to sound 
like poopy. Um, we can't <laughs> swear when Chris is on. Um, I mean, he just mentioned he laughed and did like an alligator. It's, it's just yeah, it's, yeah. Comment, but uh, uh, so he does a great job. Just to share, uh, Brandon, one of our Kebco riders, um, made mention in the chat that it costs about forty dollars for a race car transponders, which I'm assuming he's talking about those yeah, little he, RC. No, 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 no. Brandon yeah. races car cars. Oh, oh, car cars. Oh, well, see, yeah, there we go. Like, I think he does dirt trick. So then Jay Kern says he believes the MyLapse transponder for RC racing runs about $100. Holy moly. And yeah, then well. you also have to have a subscription. Oh. So stay tuned on that. Well, they'll look for us. Um. All right. I'm Cheap on carbon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's that. Oh, yeah, it is. It truly is. Um, so, so we're moving along here. Uh, there'll be more questions popping up again. Uh, I want to say thanks for to, from all of us here at the uh, Michigan BMX Podcast Show for joining us this evening, Cody, Chris. Thank you guys for taking your time out to hang out with us on your Friday evening. Um, so we kind of heard about how you guys got involved in in your racing. You got involved in the BMX, and and, and we appreciate that. Um, how uh, what's kept you guys? Other than a paycheck, um, what's kept you guys uh, going in in your current role that you have over at uh, USA BMX? Like, what keeps you going? What makes you stay there? Uh, you know, what's uh, what is it? I'll take it first. You know, with me, you know, I, I love the sport of BMX. You know, and I always got told growing up, if you ever find something you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And I think I truly have that. You know, I've I've got the love of BMX, and it's not just the actual racing aspect of it. It's the people. You know, you see, you meet people in BMX that, you, that just become lifelong friends, you know, and, and like right now in the situation we're in, not being out there at nationals and or even the local track, you know, I, I'm down at the local track every time it's open when I'm in town. Uh, I've got a daughter that races. You know, I'm down there volunteering, whether it be doing signups, whether it be scoring at the finish line. I mean, I'm at a track literally just about every day of the week, and I just love it. You know, I could, I can't imagine, I couldn't imagine not doing BMX. There's nothing else that I can think of that I'd, that I'd want to do, you know? So that's, that's just, that's my story. So quick caveat to that. Your highest proficiency raced and most memorable, uh, accomplishment. Oh boy. My highest uh, proficiency was, was a pro. Dang. What I did. Um, that's the highest I got, um, my highest national number would have been NAG two. Um, as an APRO? No, 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 no. Oh. As amateur. As APRO, no. My my career was kind of over when I got to APRO. I did okay. <laughs> no. I did okay. And somebody's gonna like this comment on here, but uh I can't think it, think who was under. I saw a comment already with uh, I think it's Brian Wilson. I did really well in Pro Cruiser one year. <laughs> I, and uh Oh yeah, he did I was ask always about Brian Wilson. Yes. <laughs> And uh, I was always better on a cruiser, and I did really well in pro cruiser one year, and I think I ended up, like, maybe national five or six in that. Hey, nice. But, uh, but it was when it was dwindling down, in all respect. You know, it wasn't when it was the cream of the cream. It was dwindling down then. But uh, my highest accomplishment as far as BMX goes is a, is a national age group number two as far as as an amateur. Um, yeah, lots of states, gold cups, different things like that, but 20,000-point um, club. But, uh, oh, that's now. Uh, before we throw over to Cody, uh, explain that twenty thousand point club because I literally know. Well, you'll be the second person I know 
the other one is uh, Thrillbilly uh, Tom uh, out here. He's uh, in Ohio. Tom, he's he used to win that thing. But explain that, and then explain the kind of work that it takes uh, to get that. You know, it was about well, where I was located in Texas. You know, the closest track to me for quite some time was like an hour and a half away, and we were racing about anywhere from six to eight times a week. Um, you know, it was nothing back then. You know, you'd leave. My parents would pick me up from school on Friday, and we would la- drive to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and race Friday night in Fort Worth. We'd race Saturday morning in Fort Worth, Saturday afternoon in Dallas, Sunday Dallas, and then on the way home, which as I got older, realized it wasn't on the way home, we'd swing, swing to a place called Waco, Texas, for one last one on the way home. And that's just on the weekend. You know, that's not counting wow. that we may run up to a, an hour and a half up the road to race a Tuesday race or a Thursday race. And then finally, um, uh, my parents, we had a little track in Lufkin and they ended up becoming track operators because we needed somewhere to ride. Mm-hmm. So they ended up being track operators, but we still were on the road all the time. But basically it's just constantly, it's racing all the time. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of racing and, you know, it was, yes. it was in the early nineties, maybe even 89. Yeah. When this happened for me, but, um, yes, yeah, that's, that's 20, was, uh, 20, th- sorry, 20,000 district points. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So that's a lot, a lot of local racing, a lot of nationals, a lot of all racing. Yeah. That's back when the national points went right into the district points as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those came from there, you know, and obviously states go up any kind of points you can get mm-hmm. back then went into your district points. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. I was district one many, many years, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> my wow. parents, they, they, uh, they have a closet full of still to this day, they have a closet in their house in Texas. that's nothing but like district jackets, gold cup jackets, nice. state championship jackets, um, <laughs> letterman's jackets from back in the day when they used to give letterman's jackets for, for, uh, for cruisers and then open the letterman jackets. So yeah, it's just a closet full of jackets that they've never gotten rid of. <laughs> Nice. Now, Cody, um, what? Uh, same question, and that was, what? Uh, what's your, you know, highest proficiency that you raced at, and your, you know, your your biggest accomplishment, achievement, uh, racing? Yeah. So it was uh, expert. Still expert today, but shout out so much anymore. But um, <laughs> career, it, it was expert, and, and uh, you know where? Geez, man. So 2007 Canadian Worlds, uh, or the or the UCI Worlds in Canada. Yeah, um, that was probably my best accomplishment. I guess you could say it was uh, World Number Three, um, only because someone got DQ'd. I really crossed the line four, but moved up to third. <laughs> no one's um, counting. And, and you know, I, I've been to Worlds so many times and, and made mains, but not uh, bragging or know, anything. I'll, I'll I'm always like a fifth or sixth place or seventh place person at the main. I'm not like the winner of the main. So yeah, but that that's was, at the worlds. Know, that's not a small. Right. That's that's it's huge, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Luna knows. I I probably put more of my focus on worlds than anything else. As Just I still sit here in a Team USA shirt today. Um, but <laughs> you know that was that was always like my race of the year that I seem to focus on. So um, yeah, and then I. I guess I don't remember the other portions of these questions. Oh, so, so. Uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> what, what, what <laughs> next? you're hot. Yeah. You're expert. Uh, and then your, you know, your biggest race. 
Uh, but we do uh, real fast. I want to give some shout outs real quick to some people joining us. And there are probably some names you guys know. Uh, Chris Allen, thanks for joining tonight and hanging out with us, man. You know, he comes from under the big top and uh, I'm always on his show and Chris is on there. Melissa's laying in bed trying to go to sleep while I'm listening to his show because he's behind <laughs> us a few hours. So, Chris, thanks for jumping in here tonight. Uh, T-Bone, which is a new sponsor here at the show, and uh, we actually have a giveaway this evening mm-hmm. that the producer put together. We're going to be doing some trivia later, and you can win one of the uh, T-Bone uh, packages we put together. Shout out to Brian. Thanks for coming in here. Chris, the uh, other co-host, glad you could join us, and Kernsey and the rest of the group in there, Dennis Ubera. He's probably one of... He might be one of the longest TOs. There's a, there's a good chance he could be there. And he's up at Richfield Park uh, in Michigan. Uh, closet man. Uh, he's got a couple questions. Uh, he's got one of the que- one question we're going to ask. Uh, we'll throw your guys away here in a second. And Corey Walser, thanks for joining. Um, and on top, you know, to piggyback on that, uh, you, you race, you've raced a lot of the worlds. Uh, and and we had a pro on a setting a. Is he upstairs or down the hall from you right now, Chris? Is he upstairs <laughs> or down the hall? Yeah. Well, let's clarify. The USBMX does not have a two-story building. Oh, so we are on the. On no, the wait a minute. <laughs> no, wait, I, we need to get this clarification because there's some rumors that go around of your hundred million dollar operation out there in Arizona that it's this ivory tower, humongous complex. Which Chris might get a little upset, but we know it's bullshit. Uh, like you're you're telling me it's not this huge, like N- or, uh, uh, you know uh, Verizon looking building. Like it's really not that. <laughs> no, if you if you ever come here, we'll show you the warehouse, which is now sort of some office space because we built something out. We can show you the print shop, which also has another office built into it now it's kind of crazy how we just keep putting pockets of people in different areas of our of our building here um i i sit in an office that you know there's a bunch of cubicles lined out outside me um we kind of reconfigured some stuff to make more cubicles there it's it's crazy how the you know the company's growing but i mean we we're all on the road so much to you that it doesn't really make sense to go to a bigger place i guess um, but yeah, no, it's it's not a. <laughs> How many Ferraris building. are in the parking lot? Because you know that's the other thing too. Is that everyone seems to think it's such a huge operation? It's just printing its own money. Bullshit. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't find those still. <laughs> I think Luna's got a matchbox. He's got a matchbox on his on his desk. <laughs> I think, and if he doesn't, hey. we'll send him one. Hey. Luna rode rode an old beat down Swin road bike into work today, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Oh, um, all right. Do we have any more questions? Yeah. So I, I think the, the big question on everybody's mind, and, and Mo Collins has put it into words, is uh, what's the plan for these postponed nationals? And could it really disrupt any of the other nationals that are kind of already scheduled later in the summer? You know, as I've said on a couple of different different shows, you know, we, we just don't know right now. I mean, as you're seeing them come out, they're postponed as of now. And as soon as we can get the green light and start, re, you know, readjusting the schedule, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's our plan. Our plan is to go back and get those get most of those races, if at all possible. It just depends on when we can get up and going. Um, you know, it's just so hard to until you see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just hard to predict. 
But our goal, with the, with the exception of Chilliwack in Canada, that's our only cancel that we've had was Chilliwack. So, um, you know, the first Canadian race of the year. But other than that, you know, the plan is to try to find a place. But, it, you know, as we keep going further and further back, you know, who knows what's going to happen and what's going to be moved or if it's going to be at a different location, per se. If there's, you know, other states that open up earlier than, than some, then some of those locations may have to move and may have to readjust. Uh, as as BA always tells us, you know, he says everything's on the table right now. We'll just have to wait and see yeah. once we get the green light to go. Truly an interesting time right now, uh, I have to say. You, uh, you know, you and I talked the other night a little bit, well, for quite a bit on that, how it's just totally nothing, nothing ever, uh, nothing like we've ever saw before. Uh, Cody, uh, between you and Chris, is there a chance for Pro Cruiser to ever come back? Can we just put a de- can we put a fork in this now and, and just either that or see the pro purse grow, which is what. Well, here's the deal. Like I was around whenever it went away. The, the problem. Should we, should we tell the story about why it went away? Maybe, I am. Maybe you just uh, go there. So here's the thing. I have no idea how, why yeah, or how, good. but I would love to hear it right from right from you guys. <laughs> we couldn't get enough people to make the class, and it would be times where you know that people you would you would be going to the pro cruiser moto. And some of them have already pulled out because they're too tired because they're trying to race cl- class and cruiser like an amateur would be, and they would end up pulling out. And you'd, sometime we would have gates with like two pros in it. And you're like, we can't do this, you know. And it and it goes back to the fact that riders just it got difficult to travel with two bikes. You know, mm-hmm. they're having to fly over with two bikes, and it was kind of. A, I'll tell you a great story. One year, Bubba Harris didn't have a cruiser, but he wanted to race cruiser, and we had an old beater cruiser in the back of the uh, in the back of the back then it was the ABA box van. And it's not even something that I would think about riding. And he jumped on it and just raced that for three or four races to try to to try to do it on that bike because he didn't have one with him. It's that. I mean, the last year we had Pro Cruiser, they didn't even have enough scores to get the title. Wow. So that that cup that still sense. sits back there. The cup's still sitting back there right now. 2011, I believe it's 2011 on the sticker on it. Yeah. And it didn't even get given out. Is there a way we could get Cody's pit, uh, name on that? <laughs> you know, if I'd have known what he was, his performance was going to be that high in Curacao, I would have taken it with me and we could have presented it <laughs> there because those people would have went nuts. There you go. So, we, I mean, basically the demise was just not enough entries then. Right. It just wasn't making, you know. And so I, I, I can't answer the question if we're ever going to bring it back. I mean, obviously that wouldn't be mine or Cody's call to make. But at, uh, if you're asking me to look in the crystal ball and predict it, I, I, well. yeah. We could probably get a, we probably could talk to T Bone, and uh, maybe they could sponsor like a, a a couple stop pro pro cruiser series. We'll we'll, we'll brainstorm some ideas there. <laughs> hey, we'll give T Bone a plug real quick too. You, you know, Justin, when we were talking, now we were talking about how comfortable those shirts are, right? And yeah, I was like, it's 100%. one of my favorite shirts. I wear it all the time. You can ask Cody. I wear the T Bone shirt that he gave me at the Grands like all the time. As soon as after we talk, I spill something all down the front of my white oh, T-bone no. shirt. T-bone, hey, Brian, Brian, send him a care Luna, back. Luna needs some new products. Yeah. If he doesn't, we've got one here for you. <laughs> yeah, it was just ironic that you and I were talking about that, and then that happened. Oh, that's too funny. And I, and I, and I appreciate you jumping in saying that, because I'm sure there's a bunch of people saying that's just Justin saying that. But no, like legit, the stuff is really good uh, quality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good stuff. 
Yeah. Did we uh, we got any questions over well, there? Yeah. So there's a little chatter about about grands. Oliver was kind of asking uh, if the grands during Christmas this year, and then Dennis Ubera actually had asked if the USA BMX had ever seriously considered having a New Year's Eve national to replace the old Christmas classic. So I don't know how well those go together, but some interesting I mean, points. I, I like Yogi thinking about the Christmas classic. I'm with <laughs> you, Cody. Cody, shout out. I'm an old NBL guy with you. I, actually, we've had uh, that come up a lot. People yeah, I, I live both sides of it. It was so fun as a as a kid growing up to look forward to, you know, I, I really think it was like Christmas Day a lot of times yeah. we fly. Um, you know, if I remember, like that's, I remember opening presents and going to the airport. Like, you know, but then I also or was the other side of it and had to work some Christmas classics as an employee. And it it's kind of crazy. You're there the day before Christmas. It, it's definitely a weird thing. Um, but for us, our, our season, I just I don't it doesn't fit a lot. I mean, there's tracks, um, you know, that talk about why we only close from December 15th, to January 1 and you know, could we ever think about closing from December 15th to the first national, which is around January 11th or 15th, or, you know, like there's some talk about, we, we don't have enough downtime. So to think of adding the Christmas classic in my eyes, there's just too many other things. And I, I don't know how everyone else will feel after we get through this year and our, our jam packed national schedule for the second half of the year, <laughs> but I don't know that anyone's going to be ready to go to Christmas and have a race, but <laughs> I guess, like Chris said, anything's on the table it at is. this point. So. It is. <laughs> it sounds like it. So no, this was funny. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I never got to experience the Christmas classes. Being out of Texas, you know, we just had ABA tracks, so I never got to yeah. do any NBL at all. And all the stories I've heard about the Christmas classic, I'm just kind of jealous that I never got to take that in because it sounds like it was such a great time and you know, a great event. And it sounds like everybody always liked that event so much. So I'm, I'm a little bit envious that I never got to experience that. So I got two things for you guys. One, um, Melissa got to experience this year her first New Year's Eve race. So uh, for those, the guys in the chat know this. Uh, Paul knows it. For you guys, I've DJed for many, many years. So a lot of times I worked on New Year's. And over the past couple of years, I, I just stopped. But we got to go and uh, yeah. we got to go hang out with Charlie and family over at the uh, indoor at Rock City over in uh, Greenville. And we, I got to hit a couple boxes. I got to DJ, got to race. Uh, Melissa got to set in our pits with a heater pointed right at her. <laughs> it was um, chilly. Because it, we had to wait, obviously, as you would know. Uh, and our listeners, if some of you guys don't know, you uh, you can't race till midnight because that's when the points reset. Yep. So you got you get to drop the gate at midnight. And uh, it was a really good time. Those guys always put out a fun, fun time. Uh, but that was her first experience with that. And that's it was great. a good time. Uh, and, and the Christmas classic time, I've got so many stories, and I'd love to hear you guys in the chat uh, tell us your favorite memories from those uh, from the Christmas classic race. Um, but you know, Charlie and I were thinking, it might not we might not get Christmas, but you know, Michigan's not a bad place maybe to pitch an idea of maybe a February race over in the west side of the state at an indoor, maybe. <laughs> I might have been bribed by Charlie to bring that up, okay? It's, it's funny you're talking about that. Uh, funny you're talking about the New Year's Eve races. You know, I, I saw that, I saw, I don't know, long, but I saw Brad Hallen jumped on a while ago, and I know Cody as well. You know, it's funny, the tracks that run those New Year's Eve races, 
you got to think a staff member has to be able to to be you know ready to go when something goes wrong with the program or anything like that yes. so those calls come late late at night you know and those guys are you know obviously uh you know celebrating new years or whatever and, and having to break away and actually uh you know deal with it and go on you know track the track directors their, their job's never done no so. and, and and uh chris medler and crew they did a good job they hooked up a great big big screen tv uh mm. we piped in a i think one of my dj computers like at last minute one of the other kids and i are punching things in and we're getting it hooked up and we had the countdown and mm-hmm. we had a big long cable dragged out to my speakers and it, it was a it was a good time it's you know most of the stories always go with bmx and it's never perfect and that makes the perfect time uh it, it was a good night we had a good time um and you know uh, we we appreciate uh we appreciate everything that they do over there do we have any any questions there there well, uh, Brandon was bringing up a point, you know, it, times are, are really different and, and we're all kind of unsure about things, but he was kind of wondering if there might be any compensation for membership dues for not being able to race or maybe a deal on next year's membership or if anything like that was in the works. Yeah, I mean, all of those things, you know, are being talked about. I, you know, I, the answer of what it is, I don't know. Um, and we're just getting to that point where, you know, obviously things started to slow up in March. There were tracks that, you know, kind of ran some sort of modified race or they were still getting in their local racing in, mm-hmm. in middle to late March. And then it really started to hit right there at the end of March. And obviously now we're working through the whole month of April but most of the tracks, you know, other than the 80 to 100 that were open in January and February, which were West Coast based or, you know, good weather areas, you know, we're, we're getting into May where more tracks would have been open and really, you know, we'd be at full capacity on track operations. So that's really at a time frame where we're going to have to start taking a look at the membership and seeing what they weren't able to consume which should have been a part of their membership. And, you know, I don't know what that looks like in form of, you know, um, an offer on the renewal side or whether it's an offer on the, the back end pre to your renewal. We just don't have any of those answers. Well, um, makes sense. I mean, it's, and, and it's yeah, not that yeah, we're not exactly. talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's, it's just, good to know the conversation's you know, happening. It, yeah, and, and they're happening. But, you know, the uncertainty, I guess, is where we sit with most everything. I mean, we're, we're sitting in a spot where we don't know if, you know, the end is May 15th or is it June 15th or is it July 15th? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to come out with what the compensation is. And then it goes till August, which uh, if that happens, I mean, that's, well, we're talking about other things at that point, but <laughs> sure, you know, it, <laughs> you know, I, I think everyone in the world would be if it went that long, but you know, if things like that happen, you know, then maybe what we looked at in, in March as a compensation might not be equal to what they ended up missing. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. Well, thank We, we really appreciate that, that yeah. honesty. And if it helps at all, probably can get some Michigan BMX podcast stickers. Once you <laughs> actually help. order them. Uh, it just might help. I don't, I'm just, we're going to, we have to do our part. Okay. That's going to be your incentive. It's that's what I've got. I mean, <laughs> no money back, but here's your podcast sticker. I like it. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> all about marketing here. Uh, um, we do have, what was, uh, Craig Craig had a really yeah, good go question ahead. for the guys. Uh, uh, Chris Bryan, uh, do you guys own any of your bikes from your racing days? Still own, yeah. Yeah, do you guys still own them? Thank you. Chris and Cody. What'd they say? 
Chris and Brian? Who's Chris Brian? Yeah, those questions are for us. Um, no, I I was like a, you know, leaving know in the either. garage. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really keep any of mine. I have one frame and it was like a custom built frame that, you know, nobody's probably ever heard of. It was a it was a guy named Doug Wolf that was making one off aluminum frames and I kept that one, but that's all I got. How about you, Chris? I'm guilty, man. I wish I had half the stuff. You know, you just didn't know. I wish I had half the stuff that I that I had over the years, but I, I don't. I have nothing that I used to have. I've got some old gears and different stuff like that, you know, just some odds and end parts. Mm-hmm. Again, well, I, I don't even have my parents have those again up in the attic and just kind of tucked away. Every time I'm in Texas visiting, and I find something new. I'm like, oh, you still kept that? But as far as frames <laughs> or, or bikes, God, I wish I would have kept a lot of stuff. I, I just failed. <laughs> Uh, and I'm in the boat with both of you guys. Uh, I recently found out what my first I don't want to know bike that I got. <laughs> and it was like a hand me down from some dudes. Um, that was a Hutch Trickstar, the old G one. <laughs> Talking like, oh yeah, and they, <laughs> yes, and it was baby blue, which I have found uh, it was a, was a either a rare color or just whatever. It, it just meant more to the collection community. And I, 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 when I moved out of my parents, I literally put it at the road. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's a, it's a very sought after the Trickstar bike. It's really sought after. Uh, Craig's probably uh, crying, calling me Brian. I don't know where the hell he came up with Brian as a guest on the show, but Craig is going to be very upset that that bike just got left at the side of the road. <laughs> uh, yeah. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Um, we're going to do two commercials, come right back. We're going to knock them out of the way with our guests. Great conversation so far, you guys. Don't forget to make sure you like the show, share the show, let your friends know that you're watching the show, and we're going to be right back with our guests, Chris and Cody. Here we go. Our SVP Wedding and Event Designs. Anything you can imagine under the sun for your wedding, corporate event, parties, or even private events. Winner of the prestigious Best of Weddings by The Knot. Family owned and operated by some really cool BMXers. Call them now, 248 301 5522, and tell them that the Michigan BMX Podcast Show sent you. Hey, now that I've got your attention, I want you to look at some cool stuff that Kebco BMX has to offer for you. Just check these out some rad t shirts. If that's not your game, we've got plenty of hoodies to offer you. Make sure to get those hoodies. Want to keep your ears warm in these cold months? We've got hats. We've got beanies. Make sure you slide over and check us out at kebcobmx.com and buy two because you're going to like them that much. And we are back, and we want to say thanks to RSVP Wedding and Event Design LLC. We appreciate them, guys. Big, big supporters of our show. Um, had from everything from giving us the mixer board that runs the show that I curse at uh, before the show starts. If you're ever a guest on the show or just come hang out, you will hear many curse words that Chris Beer will not approve of. Uh, but we <laughs> do appreciate he had a dump button. He does. He, I, he <laughs> does. We're live. Yep. Uh, but RSVP, we can't thank you guys enough. That everything from cables to uh, you know mixer boards and all sorts of stuff. Thank you guys. 
Uh, if you're here in the Michigan area, if you're up here in the Mitten, we've done we actually we've done events and we've done weddings all the way over to Chicago. So uh, get a hold of them, and uh, you know they'll be able to figure something out for you. And of course, Kebco, mm-hmm. uh, Jake, Jake, uh, Jake Maxwell, uh, and I's dream team. It might have turned into a nightmare, but uh, make sure you hit them guys up. Yeah, KevcoBMX.com. Pick up your shirts, pick up your hats, pick up your hoodies. Uh, Help out the, when you're helping out Kevco, you're helping out the Michigan BMX podcast show, and we really appreciate everything that they're doing. And we got a a quick little bit of news coming in right now. Um, So for our regular viewers, you guys are going to recognize this. Uh, The, you know, uh, Capital. the Capital City Family BMX Gang over there, uh, they're doing a raffle and uh, giving away. You got your pick. You can take the PK Ripper or you can take the push bike. Uh, but they wanted us to let you know, and I really didn't have time to update it in the slide because we got engrossing conversation before mm. the show started. It happens. Or some cables might have got plugged in the wrong area, I, I, either or. But uh, due to the COVID-19, what they're going to do is they're going to extend the giveaway until May 9th, which is actually their scheduled first race of the season. Uh, registration currently is set from 4 to 5.30. We'll be having the drawing live right there at the Capital City Friends and Family uh, uh, BMX track. So make sure if you're not there to tune in and you can actually see the drawing live uh, right from their Facebook page. And big thanks again to uh, Scooter Holt Pro Cycle. Uh, he put up, uh, his bike shop put up the uh, two gifts that you can take your pick of winning. Again, it's only five bucks to get in. And all you got to do is go to their Facebook page and they have a PayPal link that will take you over so you can uh, get in there and you know get your chance. I mean, who yeah. doesn't want a PK Ripper? Paul wants one. He has one. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. That's <laughs> hey, we got yeah, to work on the greatest place ever, man. Well, <laughs> or at least mine is. All right, all right, and uh, now we're back to the guests that we have. We have Mr. Chris Luna and Cody Wilson, both from USA BMX, and we appreciate you guys for joining us this evening on our Friday night live show. And uh, did we have some more questions we from do, our guests? We do. Fantastic. All right, guys. Brian Wilson, I think, has another really big question. What's the most important thing that needs to be done to help attract new riders? Uh, you, you want to take a stab, Chris? You want to <laughs> well, I'm going to go in times like this. You know, I, I mean, I think I think in times like this, it's important for the tracks to stay engaged on the social media out- outlets that they have to keep it relevant and make sure everything's going in the in the right path. Um, other than that, you know, obviously the uh, the beginner league is awesome awesome way, and I think this is more towards you, Cody, that you can answer more on this one. The beginner league, and I'm a big big fan of open houses, which I think you and I talked about that, Justin. But uh, we did, you know. Uh, yeah, like at Chandler, you know, once a month, our local BMX track here, we do an open house, or the track does an open house there, and basically it's just for brand new riders. It's two hours in the morning, and uh, and the return rate has, has been great on that. You know, uh, you know, it's it's been a it's been a good deal. So basically, you know, the beginner league uses the open house as well, but if you're not running the beginner league and you wanted to just run open houses, those are great tools to get new riders as well. And I'm going to pass it on to Cody from there. Those are yeah, great ideas. Yeah. And I, and I, I was kind of thinking of this as, as two different things. I mean, obviously we can talk about the always of like, what are good ways to, to acquire new riders for tracks. 
but there's the current phase that we're living in, which is, you know, what, what are we going to do to get new riders? And, mm-hmm. and we, we've got a lot of different things in the works, a lot of different things happening. And I think publicly, one of the things everybody's seeing is as you go out to the grocery store or go wherever you're supposed to go when you're not supposed to be going anywhere, <laughs> you, you notice that, you know, <laughs> there, there's people on bicycles everywhere you look. There's There's kids riding bikes on sidewalks and everywhere that you know never had a bike before or they had one they just never rode it so there's a chance to capitalize here coming up on on just the general concept of two you know (laughs) two wheels and and a kid kid putting on putting a bike on Mm -hmm. underneath them and and, you know there's always that and then you know it's funny that the question comes from brian because he was proposing some things that we have looked at moving forward with and some avenues he's helped his local track with and he kind of proposed that he's willing to you know put something together to help us uh with all tracks and i, I know connie's working with him more on that and trying to put that together so that we can at least present it to tracks as another avenue to help but you know like chris said from a from a normal if, if we're back in normal life i mean open houses are so you know instrumental in bringing new riders in that yeah, I think a track does them and the value to them can be capitalized on. It's all about your conversions out of an open house. I mean, you can bring a hundred people in there, but let's figure out how to convert 100 of them or even 50 of them would be great conversion for, for tracks. And we saw that with the BMX racing league and we're still, you know, actively the BMX racing league is 100% going. Um, obviously not much going right now with it, but uh, a key to that is the open house and the way we advertise for that open house. So last year, some tracks knew that we in the track department were testing open houses um, at a promoted level where we're doing Facebook advertising to you know, acquire signups to go attend the open house. And then we leave it in the track's hand to run the open house, which we all know from the USAB Monks office that our track operators are the key to it. And we know that they're very well at taking a kid that walks into their track and figuring out how to make them a member. So we were just doing the front side of let's do the work to get them to the track for the open house and then let the track operator do their magic. And that's worked well. And we've got some training that's gone out to tracks for uh, specifically kind of a relaunch after coronavirus and different things that you know they may need to be thinking about and one of those is a package we put together to um offer them that assistance in the open house you know kind of packaged together with a full promotion um and a membership to give away with it so that is available tracks know that that's an option as we move out of this coronavirus phrase and back into regular life but you know i think those are key things for for us as a company um and all tracks moving out of the uh, the stay-at-home orders. Yeah, great. I want to touch on one other thing too, just while yes. we're at too. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, uh, I see Colin Styles is on here, and he had a great post the other day. You know, he was delivering for Amazon the other day, and he delivered a balance bike. You know, that out there, and you know, his his whole thoughts were, I wonder if they're going to get onto a BMX later on. And I found myself thinking about that too. That's really cool in these times. You know, that somebody's ordered a balance bike for their kid. You know, they're at home all the time. Get them started early. Um, another thing is too is the bike shops we're talking to and, and stuff like that like around here sales are up as far as maybe down the BMX side but in cycling in general um, 
Gort that works with us, you know, his brother has a bike shop in Sacramento and he sold nine BMX bikes this week. Wow. And that was one of the things that, you know, he, he sold great. nine that were actually specific to BMX racing bikes. And it's just, how do we get those people once we get back up and going to the tracks and just making sure that we're, uh, you know, we're thinking about that and, and, and coming up with ways in here and, and visions to, uh, to get those people to BMX tracks once we get back up and going. But, um, you know, like Cody was saying, you know, people are out everywhere, at least here in Arizona. I mean, it's nuts how many people, you know, that you see out on the bike paths and in the mountain, on the mountain bike trails right now. And people are kind of doing it as a family. And uh, if we can, you know, BMX is a family sport. And a lot of times I think before all this started, I think you get kind of tied up in the hustle and bustle of everything. And I'm hoping once this is over, people kind of take a step back and want to start doing more family oriented things and maybe, maybe give BMX a shot because there's, there's no other there's no better family sport than BMX. I think anybody on here should should probably agree with that. So hopefully we can capitalize on that and get them at BMX tracks. Uh, yeah, if there is somebody on here that doesn't agree with that, uh, Colin will fight you in the parking lot. Uh, he told just me. Just go ahead and click off now. <laughs> <laughs> just click off now. Um, so a couple shout-outs real fast here to some people joining us. Uh, Jack Campbell, thanks for jumping in tonight. George Vick, shout out. Thanks for hanging out with us. Colin, again, always a pleasure to see your name pop up here. And Brad, Halen, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this evening. Brad, thanks for answering some of the questions in there for uh, in the chat uh, and taking care of that for us tonight. We appreciate it because uh, we've had some pop up and Melissa and I are like, I don't. Wait, no, I don't. I don't even know how to. I could answer it, but it's going to take a little while. So, thank you, Brad. Colin and, does have a question though. When you're done, uh, he does. Uh, but I think uh, we probably should get Brad on here sometime soon. We get Brad on here, and uh, he is a big helper. Uh, he's the SOS guy. Sometimes you got to get a hold of when things are going not the right way, and he's one of the guys that'll pick the phones up for you uh, if you're a track operator running. But what was uh, Colin? He uh... well, in between deliveries, as Chris mentioned, he's, he's out delivering for Amazon. He sees more people on bikes these days, probably than ever before. But he wanted to ask the guys what they thought about the current pump tra- pump track revolution going on around the country. Is it good for BMX? And is there anything the sanction is doing to work with pump tracks and or bike parks currently? You, you know, I mean. First of all, if they're on a pump track, they're on a, they're, on, they're cycling, which is a good thing. Um, a lot of your top ones that you're having now, I think last year, you know, I think a, a BMXer won won it, right? I mean, I mean, Tommy Google won that last year, yes, the BMXer, so mm-hmm. and Peyton Eisenhower as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a great thing, you know, that BMX is kind of going that, you know, that some of the BMXers are going over and taking it on. As far as us having any um, any kind of stake or anything in pump tracks right now, uh, or the pump track revolution. Not at this time, and Cody. I mean, I mean, nothing at this time with pump tracks that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say other than, you know, same thing you did. Our our, our foundation side of things always speaks it more than anyone that you know. We're here to put kids on bikes, and, and you know, they're if they're on some sort of bike, it makes us a little bit happy. We just got to figure out how to how to make them a part of, of our sport, but. You know the construction side of pump tracks is is more a Billy Allen question, um, but I know that you know we're not necessarily in the construction business, so that's not something that kind of tickles us just yet. Wait, you're not in the construction business, and you guys don't have Ferraris and Lamborghinis or a thirty story. This is blowing your mind, aren't they? 
Well, I mean, if you just listen to Facebook, you know, and all these rumors put to gotta rest. be true, right? I mean, it's I on totally, social media. I read it on a, I read it on someone's post somewhere that you you know whatever. Anyway, I ha- I did I did have a follow up question for Cody. Um, you you brought up the USA Foundation, and this is something I really uh, dove into. Uh, helping out up at Richfield and then transitioning down to Waterford as the TO, um, it's a it's amazing. First of all, uh, it, it's crazy what you guys do, but I wanted to let you explain, um, or and Chris jump in too. What exactly is the USA, you know, the USA Foundation or USA BMX Foundation and everything that it offers, you know, tracks and riders and and participants. Well, um, Mike DeVarney explains this much better than any of us. Um, he lives, breathes, nonprofit foundation stuff all the time. You've probably spoke with him because you, you've looked at pieces of that or, or tracks do. Mm-hmm. So he's going to find this and, and chew me apart for the way I explain things. But, you know, he's, he's very particular on, on how he chooses to, uh, you know, ex- explain everything. But... Our foundation is is our nonprofit arm. There there's separate employees there that, you know, their their sole goal is is our exposure, um, and they do that through different avenues. You know, they they try to find people's passion through cycling. Um, they're they're doing that in the avenues through schools, which is their STEM and STEAM curriculum. Uh, that word goes around so much now, but science, technology, engineering, and math. And then the STEAM one has the arts as well. That's what the A is. So they've developed uh, programs that meet school criteria for STEM and STEAM. And they're in schools with, with these BMX programs that, that meet that criteria. So, you know, the best example of the STEM program is um, they, they've, got a kit that goes out to a school with bikes um it, it's a curriculum that the teacher gets and it, it's doing things like measuring the rotation of your you know your cranks and how far the distances are and and all of that you know this is where mike's going to kill me because i'm not explaining all of the pieces to it just right but you know the a good example of the steam one is the track modeling program uh, every we, we've got a home track modeling program going right now but in schools, they do that by, you know, taking a visit to the track. The, the kids actually go visualize a track. They put their hands on it. They touch it. They feel it. They ride it so that they know what they're supposed to build. And then they go back to their classroom and we've dumped dirt at a school and they all get their shovels of dirt and they build scaled BMX tracks down to, you know, I don't, I don't know what the math is on the scale, if it's a one-tenth scale or what, but you, everyone's seen kind of those pictures of those and then we try to bring in a BMX related judge um, in, Cal- in Southern California. We've used Toby Henderson before to go out and judge them on a Friday. And, you know, it, it really activates the kids and all of them walk away with flyers to wherever their local track is to go back and, and do it. Um, they've also got reading programs. You see them at the grands with the read to ride stuff. Um, they, they're just, they're, they've got their hands in a lot of different things, summer camps, uh, community summer camps out at uh you know different places not necessarily ymcas but but um cities that put on their own activity rec stuff during the summers they go in with camp stuff there as well so they're doing a whole lot of things sometimes you know people look at it and go it's just the usabmx foundation they do the race for life and the and the bob warnicky scholarship and they that's about 
like a very slim piece of what yeah. they do. You know, what they're really doing is, you know, putting Justin Posey into schools before nationals to right. talk uh, about BMX and, and, you know, share his story and how he got to where he is. And then again, give those kids flyers or field trips out to the national. Um, all of that stuff's happening, you know, on the back end or front end of a national, a lot of the nationals. So it, it, you can go on forever about all the different little things that foundation puts their fingers in and does, but it, it's a great tool for us to give something else to tracks as another avenue to get our foot in the door somewhere for some advertising. So before I throw it over to Chris, uh, I wanted to say, uh, it's, at first, it's amazing because you guys have really come up with something that is uh, completely layered in, 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 in so many ways. Um, and at the end of the day, it just really shows uh, BMX to a whole group of people that was never or maybe ha would never be uh, touched and, and exposed to the sport. Um, you know, because you constantly hear. So this is always the, the funny thing that comes up all the time. Um, you know, when you hear about, you know, back how we used to have local races with 80 motos. Awesome. Uh, and you'd hear, wow, you know, we used to go to schools. Awesome. Well, you just can't do that these days. The time isn't there. Uh, we're, we're stretched as people so far and thin that this program really addresses that, uh, you know, public awareness of your track and of the sport. Uh, my uh, last question for Cody before we throw that same question to Chris, if he wants to add on to it, is how, how does a track... Um, you know, if you got like a new TO, for example, which, you know, here in Michigan, we do, we got a few new TOs, you know, how do they reach out and utilize this? You know, is it in the TO page or do they make a direct call? Like how would, how would that happen? Yeah, multiple ways. I mean, first the foundation is they're housed inside this office. So that was one of those pieces where I said, hey, we've built on and, and we're continuing to build on. So they're back there. They're, there's three of them in an office back there. And, you know, they've got phone lines and emails and you could always reach out to them just like mm -hmm. you would any of us at the staff. But, you know, there, there's some other ways they're trying to really connect the dots with tracks and any track operator that gets our emails have seen recently that the foundation has asked for track education liaisons. And those are people that you feel at your track and it may not be someone on your board or or even someone that you know helps regularly, but it's a parent that might be a teacher or someone that has that, you know, connection to a school, and you know they're asking for these people to say, hey, you know, give us who you think is your liaison that we can work with on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis to to connect to a school, or maybe that person is a teacher and they're connecting the dots that way. So. There's always those avenues, but then the end result is the track department, uh, your track coordinator, your track director, you know, if they're working with us and, and any problem that, you know, they're facing that the foundation can put their fingers on and, and help, you know, we'll make that connection as well. And we'll ask Mike to reach out to the track. I mean, there's a lot that goes on from the track side and the foundation side that sometimes people don't realize is happening, but we, we try to connect the dots all three ways. Um, from membership sales to directly to the track through the foundation, you know, with the assistance of obviously the track department, you know, kind of integrating all of three of those pieces. Thank you, Cody. Uh, Chris, did you have anything you would add, uh, wanted to add to that? Not really. Just, just, just going back to the school part, you know, it's, you know, 
times have changed. You know, it, schools are, are the best, you know, recruiting tool that we have out there. And back in the day, you could get in there and get flyers into the schools and do things like that. Now it's really, really difficult to get those flyers in the schools unless you have an in somewhere. In my opinion, what the STEM, what the foundation has done is now is, is now making us another avenue to get into the schools. You know, and it's good for the local track level. It's good, you know, it, obviously for us as, as an organization. And it's just a new way to get in there. Nowadays, a lot of the schools, they want you to do the flyers in email formats and, and they charge for it and different things. And now with the, with the foundation going in with the different built the track model and the STEM programs, it's just a way to, to bring BMX up and cycling in general to a, to a bigger mass that, uh, that we need to, we need to capture. Um, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Cody hit everything else. The one thing that I would ask Cody to kind of talk a little more about though, maybe just real quick is we have a competition going on right now with the build it, with the build a track model. That's when does that run out Cody? When's that over? Yeah. Shame on me. I should have, uh, hang on, hang know, on. I, I, bet. I can get it. I got it saved on my desktop here on my other computer. So. Yeah, no, I've, I've got it too, but shame okay. on me for, you know, quickly bypassing it. As I talked about the foundation, I said they did have a at home modeling track modeling program. I love it right too. Now. It's, it's um, a great program. And, and it is, it, it's it awesome. was an idea that, obviously as soon as we know hey everyone's stuck at home it's definitely a, a venture we wanted to go down and we just weren't 100 percent sure you know which direction to take it and mike and i sat and talked about it we said hey let's put this in the tracks hands first and let the tracks engage their members locally um through this contest and then let each track submit their winner to kind of the national competition and then that's where the foundation will be judging. So the first portion of it is happening now. Um, looking up the date now, it's through May 7th. If you haven't submitted your track modeling um, to your local track, you have until then. The local track will you know, kind of announce, they'll do their judging and announce their winners May 11th. And then they'll submit to the foundation who their winner is. And then the foundation will pick a winner and it's actually some pretty good meat on the it's, bone there for yeah, a win. It's, it's uh, solid. <laughs> for for uh, entries to the grant or for household members for the grant, so we'll we'll work that out if it's class and cruiser, um, hotel accommodations for four nights and four tickets to our Saturday night pro spectacular. So the the prize is really really huge. But I mean, we do understand that. <laughs> first the the local track. I mean, that's all local track level. They're engaging and some i've seen put out some prizes others are engaging it obviously for the the end nugget of getting them to the national competition to get the end prize so whichever way they want to take it but our idea was to you know really put something you know in the grassroots right at the local level where the track can engage directly with their membership on this and it's really a modification of the same program that we put into schools just at a smaller price point where someone should already have everything they need to do it at home and not have to go out when they're not supposed to be going out. Yeah, and I like that uh, it was it was directed like, look, we're gonna keep it cheap. All right, we don't want you to spend a ton of money on this. Okay, uh, we want the family to be part of it. Um, oh, that was crispier number plate just fell. Um, and we want everyone to be part of it. And you know what you guys put together as a package, uh, man, that's that's a that's a pretty attractive prize um i was going to circle back real, real real quick uh you know and we'll close that up is you know to to speak to the usa foundation it's a really uh uh underutilized tool for track operators uh parent groups that run tracks uh real I, you know my suggestion uh 
get in there, research it, and use it. Uh, this is one of those little things that is is commonly overlooked and underutilized uh, for tracks, much like a, a lot of the stuff that USA BMX offers to track operators. I mean, you guys cover tons of printing costs. You guys do a lot of graphic design work for us uh track operators and you do you guys really do take a lot of the work off our hands uh and and i think it goes a lot of times uh without being acknowledged and uh it's there the resources are there and it's really amazing everything you guys and i tell you like even in the last three years uh my involvement with uh helping and being you know president and a to it's even it's you guys just keep ratcheting it up and making it easier you know everything from the league i mean it's like how can you not want to do it like wait you're gonna pay to boost the commercials mm-hmm. or you know whatever social media ads uh to to you you literally give me a syllabus that or syllabus that tells me what to do every single week but you hit the parents ahead of time and after there's no way that we have that kind of time as parent organizations to have that follow-through and that buy-in to bring those kids in. And then, you know, it's just a great program there. Uh, all the way down to what you had mentioned earlier, you know, with the fundraising races. So just, uh, I think you guys do a great job and that's my soapbox. <laughs> so you well, haters, we, we you enjoy haters. doing it. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, an, an ongoing task to always figure out what a track may need or want or will consume. But, um, you know, we're dedicated to putting the staff members forward to assist our tracks. We, that's, that's the pinnacle of this company. And, and we always think about tracks, you know, in nearly every conversation, the track, the local track comes up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we... you know, I mean, local tracks, you know, people, sometimes we get, you hear on the stuff online. So it has, must be true. You know, though, all they care about is the nationals, but what people don't realize is, the grassroots is, is, is where it's at. I mean, we have to have the grassroots in order for them to then advance onto the national level. You know, we have to keep, you know, growing the sport, you know, and getting more members on the grassroots level to, to go to the next level. And that's what's crucial to us. So as Cody said, you know, it's always in our discussion is what's this going to do for the track? You know, how are we going to drive more riders to the tracks by doing this? And that's always first and foremost what we, what we need to do and what we want to do. And we did, like Cody said, we love it. You mean to tell me you're just not about getting people to sign up at nationals? Trust me, we want them to sign up for nationals, but no, that's not the first. We, we need to make sure, you know, if we don't have grassroots, we don't have nationals. So That's a good point. So a lot of this stuff. And, and you know, uh, to put it into perspective, you know, as this coronavirus stuff started, you know, evolving and getting a little more serious and the reality that, you know, local tracks weren't even going to be to run local races. Yeah. Our CEO, V.A. Anderson, the first things he was thinking about was his only concern was to make sure that in the result of this, that we don't have local tracks closing. Um, and, you know, that that's still at the forefront of, of our thoughts is to make sure some way, somehow we're, we're figuring out a way to assist somebody to you know, keep themselves engaged with their membership and be able to open up when the time is right. And, and I think you guys are doing a great job with the tips and the at home programs, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, staying in contact, telling us hey, look, uh, you know, I was looking through the email the other day and you know, look, stay, stay in contact with your, your writer base. That's so important. And it's not just uh, Hey, I made a post last week. It's, you know, look, you, let's use the emails 
uh, at, you know, use the emails that are on the rider um, uh, database for a race manager because some people live and die by email. Mm, that is true. <laughs> I am one of them. Uh, so, you know, hit them, hit them, hit them on all fronts. And these are things that you guys, you guys tell us and teach us and you guys do a great job. And I think it, it definitely goes by um, without enough uh, uh, public appreciation. So we appreciate everything you do. Uh, we do got some people joining in. Um, uh, 1-800-CHAOS-BMX. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, he's got some pretty cool ideas on some uh, regional rivalries that uh, we'll have to dive into and talk about here in a little while. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We still got uh, Mr. Vic hanging out with us. Uh, Dennis, uh, he wanted to give a birthday shout out to a true, and this guy, he does deserve a few seconds here of, uh, of, of acknowledgement. Uh, Campbell Milliken, man, he is a bad Chris. Plug your ears. Uh, he's it's the head. skinny digit. It's yeah. the skinny digit. You know him, man. He doesn't just rip racing. Uh, I'm not gonna say how old he is, uh, but the guy still rips and tears skate parks, dirt jumps, you whatever it is, whatever he's got. Uh, the guy just kills it. And uh, Cam, happy mm-hmm, birthday mm-hmm. from all of us here at the Michigan BMX Podcast Show. And uh, look forward to seeing you this summer over there on the uh, Michigan BMX State Series team. You got anything uh, coming out of the chat room, Melissa? Well, actually, Yogi had another question about uh, the race for life. The race for life. Yeah. So okay. I'm just going to read this verbatim because it, it'll make more sense that way. So... He says, has USA BMX ever had a liaison to be in contact with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Foundation to help promote that the BMX tracks in every state are out here trying to raise funds for the cures of those afflictions? I mean, in a sense that the foundation includes the names of the BMX tracks in the foundation's literature like they do for their walk of life or other types of fundraisers. I think he's kind of relating that back to track promotion. Yeah. Yeah, and so from the connection to the foundation to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, you know, that connection is is dealt with at at a different level than what the local um, tracks may be connecting with their local LLS offices. So to kind of answer that, the answer is no, we we don't, um, because we're dealing a little bit more at the national level in, in terms of the LLS office, but, you know, and we've had tracks ask, can they donate directly to the uh, LLS office locally? And because of the dynamic of how we're running the nonprofit and that whole connection, I, I don't think there is a way we, we've asked before. So unfortunately, we, we kind of can't connect those dots 100%. But LLS as a group knows that you know we're out here doing this mission and, and we've got tracks around the country doing it, um, I guess probably offline yogi and i should probably talk directly like what is his end outcome or what does he want that result to be and maybe we can figure out how to make that happen here's what i'm going to recommend i've worked with that man for the last three and a half years (laughs) tell him to get a couple uh cervezas he likes labat blue get a couple (laughs) labat blues in him then you guys will have a really candid open talk he is a he is a man very wise been around a long time uh, still racing at a very high level, but uh, has a huge heart for the sport. And, uh, you know, he's got a passion for it and a huge heart for it. And, uh, you know, sometimes he, he has some of the best ideas uh, ever, 
even if it's handing me uh, a Heineken to jump on a treadmill at 12 miles an hour. It's some of the best stories you can have at the Grands, <laughs> at the NBL Grands, Cody. <laughs> wow. Oh, it was a great time. Hey, we're going to take a short pause. We got to wrap up. We got a couple of commercial. We got to wrap up our commercials here. We still got plenty of time for you guys to jump in here with your questions uh, for our guests this evening. We have Chris Luna and Cody Wilson from USA BMX. Look, you guys, this is going to be uh, one of the very few times you're going to get to talk to these young men because it's going to get really busy here in the next few months for them. That's right. So we do appreciate uh, the, uh, you guys joining us this evening. And uh, we're going to go talk to our friends over at Truth BMX. And we are back. We might have been off camera arguing with Paul. Uh, Paul, what do you think of the show so far? Ah, uh, man, it's awesome. I, I'm digging. I'm digging listening to what these cats are kind of hearing from the inside of the organization and finding out that they're not in that big skyscraper out there. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? And I'm trying to, you know, it's the last time that you know I believe what I read on the internet, just for the record. So, uh, you know, uh, exactly. I like, I echo what uh, Paul's saying. It's a great insight to what you guys do and all the work you guys do for us here, uh, just as uh, racers or even as, you know, uh, TO guys and our volunteer groups. Paul's a, uh, uh, Paul's the president of Richfield Park. And uh, for those of you guys that are attached to a track in some way, uh, there's I know there's a ton of people in here in the chat right now that are board members uh shout out jason chang thanks for joining us uh, you know you got there's a lot of board members there's a lot of volunteers if you guys got some track questions man right now you know we still got a little while before we got to wrap up but right now is a great time to to ask them you got two of the really knowledgeable guys here hanging out with us probably some of the most knowledgeable people uh that can answer those questions and you know you don't have to ask that question uh online and think that's the right answer that you're getting either so you can ask the guys direct right here right now so bring those questions in for those of you that are attached to a track and uh we're getting uh the giveaways for this evening so we do have some great trivia questions so we do have a question for our guests and uh we're gonna go over to chris first so um we're gonna ask this chris uh kind of after the whole covid thing dies down what do you think the landscape of BMX is going to look like? Oh, I think um, I think I've I've said this before, you know, to a couple couple other places as well. 
Uh, you probably you did know, on this show too a couple of weeks ago when you were well, out. Yeah, no crystal ball. You know, I see personally. I mean, I think we all can agree that I, I see the I see the tracks coming back in, in phases as far as starting maybe practices. You know, on a on a smaller scale. You know, practicing social distancing, then moving on. You know, in the in the next phase. And I'm not talking about Trump's phase. I'm just talking about the phases in general. And then from there, you know, moving into to local racing. And then I think down the road, then we get back to the larger scale events once we get the green light to uh, start running nationals again. My hope is during all this is is that people have, I think I hit on it earlier, the family, the family togetherness. I hope people, you know, come back with a more of appreciation of the things that we all have and not just BMX racing, just everything in general and are more appreciative to the things we have and enjoy things more. And, you know, we come back to a kinder, you know, kinder i guess people come back and they're a little more kind and and thoughtful on things that's that's my hope but as far as the landscape of bmx i see it come back in phases starting with practice moving on to local races and then on to the larger scale events we'll throw that question over to cody uh what do you think and what do you see the you know the landscape of uh bmx being after the whole COVID thing is uh wrapping up yeah i, I think long term you know we'll be back to operation is normal but you know what that looks like like chris said from from today until july august september whenever that happens um or june hopefully but uh yours is june you're a june guy yeah i am a june guy i just <laughs> was using some you're months june. but you know it, it you're gonna see those phases you're gonna see um a lot of you know practices you're gonna see racing with a lot of social distancing mitigation stuff going on you'll see tracks possibly even maybe not having um you know registration on site it's all through venmo or paypal or something previous there's gonna be a lot of you know little changes like that that go a long way in terms of you know trying to you know put people at ease and and give them a, a different way to you know execute what they need to without talking to people which you know that that is different for our sport because we are so family and togetherness that that's why people go to the track is to you know see your friends talk to your friends moms and dads hang out while the kids ride you know and, and i think that will still happen but it may happen six feet apart <laughs> i don't know where that that looks in the in the future but yeah i mean we're, we're going to get there and you know i i think you'll see a lot of tracks working directly with their municipalities and figuring out what that looks like for them i mean you're going to have you know not taking any state into exact account but you know you could have everything back to normal here in arizona and the municipalities and the park districts are telling people doesn't matter we're all good we're totally back to normal and you could show up at a race in texas and they're still saying hey our, our park only allows so many people on site so you have to stay right. in your car and you know different things so we're, we're definitely going to see a lot of differences around the country over the next few months and mm -hmm. then i think it'll start to normalize great answer and thank you we won't ask paul what he thinks about the governor of michigan right now that's a another four-hour show that we could do uh no it's actually not she's a stand up <laughs> lady doing it get out of here i'm muting you right now get out of here i'm muting you uh so it is time for our uh trivia portion of the show and uh we 
we want to say thanks to uh, our sponsor for this, this guy right here, Mr. T-Bone, uh, Brian Wilson, who had some questions earlier in the evening. Okay. So, uh, Brian, thank you again for partnering with the Michigan BMX Podcast Show. Thank you so much uh, for believing in what we're doing out here. So, uh, Cody and Chris, uh, we have a bunch of giveaways we're going to give some people. Um, and you guys provided these answers earlier this evening. All right, so those of you in the chat rooms, it doesn't matter which one you're in, whether you're in Michigan BMX Podcast I or... I see it all. You're, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Melissa sees it all. You're, you're, you're watching the show over on my page, or uh, what's the what's some of the other places they can watch it at? Oh, jeez, you put me I on, put the you on the spot. spot. <laughs> uh, Twitch. There is. Um, we have one and a half and viewers. you hit it up there. You're such a I, uh, brat, so, too. Uh, Periscope. Periscope, the and one that nobody uses because yep. nobody YouTube. has yep. no idea what Periscope is. I ain't figured it out yet either, but it's, <laughs> it YouTube. belongs to Twitter. YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, it belongs to Twitter. Uh, so in, in YouTube. So um, again, thanks to T Bone, uh, uh, the guys hooking us up big. Again, uh, you heard earlier not just from uh, ourselves here at the Michigan Podcast Show, we also heard from Mr. Luna. Really nice shirts, all right? Really nice stuff. So we're going to give uh, some people... Solo twitching over here. Uh, we'll give, we're going to yes, give away Carl. some product. Uh, <laughs> and before we do that, we just want to remind you guys all, uh, it's going to be a tough show to follow up uh, You know, with Chris and Cody on this evening, but our Wednesday night show, Ripping in the Mitten, we're going to bring you Melanie Klein and Chris Jeffrey for another one of our history lessons. Uh, so I hope you guys are ready for this. show. It's going to be a great show. Absolutely. So I hope you're ready. And why don't you ask uh, our first question? It's going to be a... <clears throat> we have to make it a two-part question. Why? <clears throat> well, no, we don't. I have three questions for three giveaways. You got three giveaways? Yes. I forgot. That's how much stuff T-Bone set up here. That's why I'm the producer. Well, that's why you are. <laughs> All right, so you take the first. You ask the first one, uh, and we're going to take care of it. We're going to get these out there again. Answer in the chat room. First correct answer. What are we giving them? You know what? You're passing a lot of buck my way here, sir. <laughs> Heavy wear the crown. All right, so I we've got a t-shirt. Very nice a one. T-bone. I think big this is the one that, on the back here. I think that's the one that uh, Mr. Luna had. Oh, could be. That looked like the one you had that you spilt your uh, lunch nice, on. Nice bright Mine white. white. Mine was white. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Here it is. And I'm actually kind of loving this beanie. So it's it like is. knit on the outside, but then it's kind of a different material on the inside, which is even softer. So hopefully we're getting out of this kind of weather. But it's still a very right. nice hat. Better watch it. Cody will be getting excited about the beanies. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, or for my, or for our Canadians listening, the toque. The, the yes, toque. that is true. That is true. The uh, Michigan BMX podcast show is donating these lovely uh, cell phone holders, cell phone holders um, with the thumbs up, which is Terry Tanette. Thumbs up. Our, our thing. And then some other things from, was it Scooter? That's from House, House of Wheels. Okay. House of Wheels. And okay. So first question. What year did Chris say he started riding BMX. What year did Chris say he started riding BMX? It's crazy. And it wasn't I just so heard the recent. I just heard the chat room get quiet. <laughs> I know, I know. I like, I know. Uh, <laughs> Cody, if you really want one of those sweet cell phone holders, I'll get you one, buddy. 
Except you can't have a very thick case to use them. That's no, the only it's, disadvantage. It's like, here they are. Like, well, I've got some answers, but I don't see the, the right one yet. Holder. Oh, Brandon got it. Who did? Brandon, Brandon. 1986. Neiman did? Yep. Uh, nailed it. Nailed yes, it. Yes, you did. Nice job, Brandon. I, nice work, Brandon. All right. Well, now, and Justin can hand deliver when he sees you tomorrow. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, <laughs> now, to follow that up, uh, we got another uh, prize mm-hmm. package to give away. You're rushing. Hold on. <laughs> well, while I'm rushing, I'd like to tell <laughs> you about our upcoming shows here at the Michigan VMX Podcast Show. Uh, you heard about our Wednesday night show with Ripping in the Mitten. Mm-hmm. We'll have our history lesson. And then Friday, the 24th, we will have... The man himself, Brian Wilson, of T-Bone Nation, hanging out with us. So you guys will get to finally see, meet, and talk to him uh, next Friday. So our next question, it's going to piggyback on uh, Mr. Chris Luna. He had a favorite BMX bike. This is for a... It's a I can't headband. do this very well. A no. headband. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there it is. Okay. And uh, we got some more stickers from T-Bone. Another thumbs up. And a, another Pins, cell phone holder. Stickers. Some pen. A pen from T-Bone Nation. A pin, not a pen. Correct. It is a pen. <laughs> Damn English. She's an English major, just so you know. So no, she's I'm typically, not. when I make a post, she looks at it and just shakes her head, and I already know she's updating it. So he had a favorite bike. What is the it uh, now? Now, Brandon, you got part of it right, but you just won, so you can't count. So Sam, very nice job. You didn't even get the question out. I mean, Basically, no, not they really. Were on top of it, nice. But job, I was Sam. curious, uh, Brad, you're. Your serial yes. number literally was 13? No, hold on. So here's the story. I, I yeah, just I, we got to know this Brad one. Post. So Brad can re- can actually recite. When we were in the membership department together and Brad was in there for a long time, he would memorize people's serial numbers from entering because we, we manually enter everything. And he would know, like, someone could be at the sign-up window at a national and they wouldn't have their card on. He said, oh, you're CA112789. Uh, and, uh, like, was he my like number, Rain Man? I mean, I can, yeah, he's like Rain Man. Wow. So, I mean, like right now, he can tell you my serial number. I mean, from back in the day. I don't know if he's going to put an A on the end of it or not. From moving. There he goes, right there. Oh, yeah, it. he did totally put a serial number in there. <laughs> That's it. So he can tell you, like, random serial numbers of just people from back in the day. <laughs> well, that's... Did he just type your whole serial number out? Is that real? Yeah, that's real. Back, back in the day. Now now, now it would be different with Race Manager, but that right, would have been right. the old school Moto Maker serial number. Very nice. And we had one more. Mm-hmm. All right, so we do have one more. But this is a Kebco sponsored one. And this one uh, is uh, Kebco threw in on this one. Um, and House of Wheels. So we've got uh, some bracelets, uh, keychains from yep. uh, House of Wheels, from some scooter companies. Because. Um, I'm sure Cody and Chris understand the importance and how much you hate scooters at the Grands. Uh, but, you know, they, they're they there, right? Uh, so we got some scooter manufacturers, uh, bracelets and, and keychains. Then we've got the beanie from uh, Kebco BMX along with a T-shirt. 
And uh, that question is going to be, what was Cody's favorite track? track. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's a, a great one, by the way. So We're talking, so you don't give it away. Um, I, that's why. That's actually well. First rules: <laughs> you don't have dead air, but you know I don't want to give it away either. I want to put five dollars on Brandon winning. winning. Right. <laughs> well, Brandon said he was just doing everything he could to beat Craig. He's trying. So Craig's a one of our regular listeners. This guy, he he's cleaned house. <laughs> and we can't even go old like school. Cause he just he just won again. Yay! <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Yep, he just we got, got your address, in. though. <laughs> yeah, we already have your address. We're actually just going to throw the other... Uh, uh, oh, Brandon it? says he's not going to answer. Are you pouting now, Brandon? No. no. <laughs> uh, all right. So thanks again for, uh, to Kebco and the guys from T-Bone Nation and House of Wheels for throwing in uh, to making our giveaways uh, always a good time here. Um, we're going to scroll through real quick, make sure we didn't miss any questions. I know I did. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, do we have any 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 exciting things you guys would like to share with us, uh, Chris Cody? Uh, anything upcoming oh, that you're Steve allowed Dyer to? Has a question? Uh, no, uh, that we're allowed to. Uh, um, which one? Yeah, uh, that we're allowed. You guys might be allowed to share with us. Uh, you know, upcoming things, maybe at even the USA BMX Foundation or anything like that. Maybe we uh, have overlooked or just haven't heard. Cody, I mean, I, I wish we had more information to give you right now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm I like, even well, made, exciting look, news is going to be when we hear that a track is able to run a race. Here was but, like, um, I, I had I had this all queued up. I'm like, okay, if they do have something exciting, well, I was like, boom, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess one of the, I guess one of the important things just people to realize we're still we're still working. You know, Absolutely. we're still trying to do things that. Uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't have time to do during a hustle, during the hustle and bustle of a season and just trying to trying to come back with some new exciting things, you know, as far as stuff that Cody's been working nonstop on stuff to bring to the local tracks. Um, myself, I'm trying to work on an uh, official program, you know, for the officials that could be used on the local level as well as the national level. Um, but as far as for the riders, I mean, basically just, you know, just waiting to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, a little bit tearing to say that, hey, we've got all this time because the reason why we have the time isn't necessarily a good thing, but we do have a lot of time right now and we're kind of knocking off a bunch of projects on the board that are all of these things that, you know, we work on but at a slower pace because we're in and out going to nationals and things and, and memberships are flowing and this place is rocking and rolling usually by May, June, July. So... You know, we're kind of looking at it and we're here in the office and, you know, there are a lot of time consuming tasks that we are doing right now. I don't know if actionably any BMXer is going to notice a difference mm-hmm. tomorrow, but, you know, <laughs> there'll, there'll be things. I mean, track operators obviously saw, you know, we, we launched some training and we did it in, on a new platform that will ultimately be a training platform they can use for anything that we launch for them, which is a good thing. I mean, that's, yeah. it's ease of use for a track operator there's an app that goes with it so you know they can take our training we can push new training to them um but yeah i mean any breaking 
great story announcement for the membership. I don't know that we got one at the moment. We'll make one up. Just stay um, tuned. Yeah. <laughs> but to, to your thing on the, is it Trainual? Train? Trainual, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so it's catchy. as a TO, uh, Bravo, way to go! Uh, that pro that that was awesome. Like super easy. I love how um, you know it was broken down in chunks, so it was like you could digest it whenever you wanted to, and take you know if you had like ten fifteen minutes, do part of the training mag- module. Like great job, you guys. Yeah, no, thank you. It's it's been a uh, you know we we've been thinking we we need a way to train people, and more so. You know, just as importantly as it is to train the current track operators on maybe a new topic, you know, we've got change of track operators happening and we have new tracks happening. And that tool is going to be tremendous in terms of putting all of that stuff in there that you might have seen at a summit or when you were a brand new track that came on board, we might have brought you into the office and trained the first crew that ran the track. But then after that, it's just been this evolution of track operator changes. And this will allow us to purge out certain topics to a certain person and kind of give them the training in segments and blocks that they need and not necessarily this blanket book that you just get in the, you know, you get the track operator manual and it's a couple hundred pages and we say, have at it, read it. And, you know, this is a whole different concept to it. So it's definitely going to be fun to get it all in there. Now, I did realize today it takes about three to four hours to put one class kind of in motion, not really finished, but to get the core content in. So that can show you where the hours go away. And you think of a four four day uh, summit that we used to put on, there's a lot of courses and content to get into loaded into this thing. And, you know, I guess right now we've got the time to do it. So that's one of the projects that we're doing around here. So just a few more things and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll slide out of here. And uh, again, thank you for both of your guys' time this evening. Um, first thing, um, if I was a new track operator, uh, who do I get a hold of uh, over there at the uh, headquarters on possibly getting like a USA track builder to come out and maybe rework my tracks? And again, we've got three, one, two, well, I'd count one. We have three brand new track operators here in Michigan, so got to play a little selfish because I have your individual attention uh, to kind of ask that question because we're we're all listening right now. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, yeah. So so basically, you're talking. You, the track's already there. It's just a new track operator, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get a rebuild, that would be Billy Allen. Thank you, Billy Allen. Your contact right. for that. All right, appreciate it. Uh, it's it's always a, a, a topic, and it's always funny how heated it can get very quickly. But uh, we'll go right there for uh, those of us that are new into the role. It's just one of those things that I honestly haven't had a chance to kind of research and check out myself. Um, now the, oh, uh, quick question just came in. Not sure how much you guys are going to be able to provide on it. Guys, this is something I've actually watched because my, my, I believe it or not, my uncle lives right by this track. And mm. I'm like, as soon as this, uh, as soon as Olsmar opens back up, I'm like, you can just look at me living on your couch for like 10 days. So uh, <laughs> any news on Olsmar? I didn't think so. No, (laughs) the latest news we, what we know has also been published as a news article, you know, and I'm, those have been passed around the internet and people have read them, but they're definitely still looking at, um, bidding that out, bidding the workout, but basically the starting hill that you know of now at Oldsmar 
will have to be removed and a new one will have to be uh, put into place. So uh, okay. I, what that looks like, I don't know. We, I, I haven't been in close communication with yeah, the engineers understood. and understood. things mm -hmm. there, but it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a long road. And I don't know if the current stuff going on um, really kind of slows that process down or not like i don't i don't know again much like our tulsa building i think bid projects and things they're still able to happen so um hopefully sooner than later i, I know i'd heard something like most of this year it was going to take them to get that place up and going but maybe 2021 we would see the track back uh, you know that I, I i don't know that we've gotten clear answers from them on what that timeline looks like I, if you end up you know, talking to anybody there, just let him know that uh, uh, Brandon, uh, the guy, <laughs> just what he's really good with a shovel. And there's a few of us from Michigan. We're just we're good. We can dig. Uh, can't run any yeah. can't run any machines, but you know, we'll 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 get in a plane or we'll drive a Pinto down there and uh, you know come hang out. Also, Brandon wanted to know if there's any way that the USA BMX could sponsor him. Just tell him to win a yeah. bunch of races. <laughs> Which, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's on any hey, opportunity. Hey, guys. We yeah. finished some stickers. Perfect. <laughs> that probably USA goes to stickers. I think. Wait, you know, I know a way you can get sponsored by USA BMX. When you renew your license, you get a little sticker pack with it, right? Right. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, these guys. And, are and you'll you'll get information about Spot, which you can get for fifteen dollars a month. So that I mean, that's a good discount there. That's that's about what we can offer here. See, in terms of a sponsorship, I, I'll take it. There you go. Brenda. I mean, I will. That's fine. Uh, a last thing here, because uh, we want to we want to slide out of here on a, on a fun uh, note, as the entire night has been. And again, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys. Um, we're looking at the bracket right here, right? So uh, it was just updated here. We got uh, we're in the quarters now. So uh, Cody. Uh, Chris, what you guys are looking at over here on the on the right, um, it's going to be the picks from the Michigan BMX podcast show. Uh, Juarez is out. He's our video guy. Steve Dyer, he was the TO that was on here Wednesday. He's out. Uh, Corey and Gavin, there are some guys from Mich uh, uh, Magic uh, Motorsports. Well, they're still in. They took the easy pick. I mean, come on. Everyone knows Willoughby's going to kill it. Uh, we got Ellis. He's still in. Paul, you're still in. Charlie, you still been out. Uh, Chris, you're still in, and I'm still in with Per. So uh, it is time to put you guys in the hot seat and uh, out of who is left. So we've got uh, the uh, Butter, we've got Shara, we got Purse, who's going to win the whole thing. We got Robinson, Fields. I'm not biased. Harris and uh, Mr. Ellis and uh, Mr. Willoughby. What's your guys' picks? And we'll start with Cody. All right, so am I picking our quarters into semis and the whole – I got to do the whole thing? Overall no, we're going to pick your – I'm sorry. Uh, you'll pick the main event winner. Oh, we're straight up. Who's winning? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, and I think it's going to come down to – I'll go ahead and give you my main event. It's going to be – Yeah, let's uh, hear your two main events. Or yeah, it's going to be days. Corbin and Sam Willoughby. And, man, I'm going to go Corbin. You're going to go Corbin. All right. 
uh, your main event pick and who's going to win the main event. That's what he picked. You're picking Corbin, right? Yep. He picked Corbin. Who do you got, Chris? All right, man. Mine's not going to be that simple, guys. I'm going <laughs> to drive back beat some. So, first of all, the last eight riders, I mean, my gosh, man, what a hard pick. Stacked. I'm going to use... I'm going to use some. I'm going to have two main events, basically. So let's I'm hear. Sorry, it. Donnie. I'm, See, I'm, this is a lot like his two favorite tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true. True. No, it gets, it gets hard. So basically, I'm going to have two main events. So, you know, I know I'm going to. I know there's. I know Tucson. I saw Kirk Vaughn's listening. He's going to kill me. But I'm going to move on. Kyle Bennett Can and John Person one semi. So that's a final to be. Oh. You know, with just. And that would be awesome because, you know, for those of you that don't know, you know, John Purse uh, was married to Kyle's mom and, and helped raise Kyle when he was younger. Um, I grew up racing Kyle as a kid, you know, and, and seeing John a lot in Texas and, and both of them. Um, so that one's tough for me. So I've got them over in that semi there. I'm not going to say who's winning yet. The other side, which is tough, I'm going to move on Bubba. And this is going to be hard because, man, I'm, I'm from the Lumberjack era. But I'm going to move on Sam because oh! Sam and I, you know, Sam and I are uh, are good friends. I've got so right now I've got Sam and Bubba in the other semi. Yes, you do. Okay, so this one's gonna be tough to move on to the final because Sam and I, I I'm such good friends with Sam and Bubba both. But what I'm gonna base it on is I'm gonna base it on my daughter was the flower girl in Bubba's wedding in Bubba and Casey's wedding. Oh, so wow. I'm gonna move Bubba to the final. All right. And then the other side I've got Kyle. And, and the jackal going head to head, I'm gonna move purse on, just, My just man. based on what he did in the sport. I'm moving purse on, so we've got the final squared off the it's, old red line duel. It is young lion versus old lion. And as much as it pains me for the entertainment of the crowd here, I've got Bubba leading it going to last turn, and I've got the jackal putting him into the bleachers. Yes, and the jackal taking the win. Cause he's gonna take him out. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So. <sighs> yeah. Good. The, the weird thing about what I just said was is I had Bubba leading going into the last turn, and usually Bubba would be coming from behind doing the pass. He would. Yep. So, so I do feel kind of weird about that, but uh, I've got the tackle taking it. Very nice. Hey, uh, I want to tell you guys, both of you guys, thank you for joining us. I uh, can't tell you guys how much uh, we appreciate it over here at the podcast show. 100%. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us this evening. Cody, it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. I know you guys hung out in the office a little later than normal, so thanks again. Um, real fast. Hey, real quick. I a question. What's your question, Paul? I was just going to ask, what did you say those Canadian hats were called again? A toque. Called a toque. I can't spell it, but it's called a toque. Right? Are they usually red? <laughs> no, they're any kind of beanie. Any, any it wouldn't color. Be anything like what's on your head right I, now? I think primarily, it? like they they were red. I, I I think it seems like I've seen one. Before. So if you didn't get to I feel hear, like I've seen one or if you didn't before. get to hear the uh, Jeremy Ames voicemail, which is a reoccurring segment here at the Michigan BMX <laughs> podcast show, Paul is a his uh, a historic reenactment Correct. guy. Um, so he, he probably has an entire collection of toques. Uh, oh, that's what's in my head right now, dude. I and, and, and deer loins. Uh, uh, no, it's what they, I mean, he probably does. Yeah, you never Reef know. Clothes. What's that? 
It's a, it's a breech clout, and I don't wear breech. deer ones. I wear wool. There you go. See? Uh, so, <laughs> hey, how are you feeling that uh, your guy's still in right now? Oh, man, that's awesome. He's going to actually take the whole thing. I don't know why you guys wasted that five minutes talking about Sam Willoughby. <laughs> well, well, there was only it was only there's two. two uh, I mean, Luna has the right sense. Yeah, the other guy's not even. I don't even know how Come he made it this get, far. Your pick. Get out of here. Mr. All right, Bruce. all right. We got to wrap it up. Uh, these guys got to get home to their fans tonight. Again, uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Cody, uh, for joining us this evening on this show of our Friday Night Live. And uh, you want to tell them where they can. You checking my memory you try, again? You want to try it again? I can put All it right. up here. Please make sure that you follow the Michigan BMX Podcast Show on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, or Facebook. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, this is the la- next week's going to be the last week for the drawing contest that we're going to have here at the Michigan BMX Podcast Show. Uh, oh, yeah. and we've got all the extra gifts thrown in there. Uh, we'll be going over it Wednesday, but we're going to hit it hard on the social media so you guys will see it all this week. Uh, make sure you do your drawings for uh, the Michigan BMX Podcast Show Kids Coloring Contest. You can win a Fitbit and a grab bag from everybody here. Again, make sure you guys do that this week. We're going to pick our winner shortly, so make sure you guys are in on that. And uh, again, wrapping it up this evening thanks again you guys fantastic job having you guys on here uh chris do you have anything you'd like to say before we wrap it up well first of all thank you guys so much for having having us on here tonight uh cody and i really appreciate that you know and it's, it's good to be able to to be on here and talk to people and you know just have a good positive show i love what you guys are doing there and as far as to our members and track operators we'd like to just let you guys know hey man we miss you guys we can't wait to be out there doing this again with you and, and see you guys and giving you air high fives and air hugs. Also, you know, we have a lot of frontline workers in BMX, you know, parents and stuff, they're in the front lines and we can't, yeah, yeah, no, Melissa, we can't thank you guys enough for, uh, for what you're doing out there right now. We can't even imagine what you're going through, you and your families, and uh, just know we're thinking about you. Appreciate thank you guys. that. How about you, Cody? Yeah, yeah, first off, thanks for having me on here. It was, it was fun, my first time kind of, you know, hanging out with you guys. So that was fun. And, and same thing as Chris said, just kind of, you know, well, I'll be happy when the first track tells me they can run a local race and put kids back on bikes and, Yay. you know, start racing. But, you know, I'll, I'll also be happy to get on that plane again and, and head to a national. And, and that'll be, you know, kind of the, I guess the pinnacle end to this for us, you know, once, once we're back rolling go to a national, it, it will, it'll be so exciting to see everybody that we used to see, you know, week in week out at different nationals and and it's been good to hear from everybody that you know we we normally see they're starting to email message us text us whatever they got for communication line and everyone's just dying to see each other again so we'll see everyone out there again soon thanks again and uh last but definitely not least to everyone joining us this evening uh you know across the platforms thank you so much and those of you guys that are going to be listening to us in our podcast forum we can tell you how much we appreciate you guys on behalf of the michigan bmx podcast show uh until wednesday night Mm -hmm. which we will have chris on and melanie joining us for another history lesson uh god bless and stay safe thanks guys